0: Canadians, we get like an extra, an extra helping, you might say, of Thanksgiving <laughs> discourse this week, because for our American <laughs> listeners, uh, it is Thanksgiving. Well, what Again. are you thankful for? Oh, I'm thankful for the listeners. Uh, I think that they're a great group of people, and I'm thankful for <laughs> Arthur, and I'm thankful okay. for you, and Aww. I'm thankful for our support systems, our families and friends. <gasps> and yeah i didn't have a i didn't have a joke answer for this one so uh and i am thankful for everybody that voted for us in the coast best
1: of halifax mm, awards mm, even though it mm, wasn't our year mm. i'm thankful for all that stuff as well and also football i'm thankful for football oh uh, okay the so beautiful you, game so you're so you're football pilled are you i am football pilled i'm johnny come lately uh, I, I'm, you know, i I know all about the winning 11. I know all about, you know, scoring a, a try, a hat trick, uh, all of this, this football terminology I'm well aware of. Um, Canada's in the world cup. Well, it's crazy. First time since the eighties. We've never scored a goal. We didn't score a goal uh, yesterday against Belgium, so the not scoring a goal streak continues. But it's exciting because every time I watch, I'm like, "This, I might witness history this time." Neat. <laughs> I know. We <laughs> got to no, get. I have uh, nothing to add either way. We gotta get your buddy. We gotta get friend of the show John Dulong on to to bring the football enthusiasm. Yes, you're right. You're Uh,
0: right. I'm sure John is. I know.
1: I know that was your favorite parts of the John Dulong show was all the football (laughs) talk.
0: Well, he's. uh, Hey, I don't know. Are you? Do you play? Do you play football manager? Is
1: that is that your type of game? Do I play football manager? No, I am not. a middle-aged European guy. So no, I do not <laughs> play football. I am not uh, a a um, what is it called? I don't live in. Um, oh God, uh, I don't. I don't know. This uh, is trying to fo- think of rural English places. Anyway, um, Nottinghamshire. No, yes, I don't live in Nottinghamshire. I just asked because John was
0: recently looking for somebody to play
1: football manager with, and I wasn't <laughs> sure if that was your school of no, footballery. No. No, no, not not in the slightest. All right, right. fair enough. (laughs) I'm still a novice in in, in, uh, that respect.
0: I see. Welcome to Elwood City Limits, the episodic Arthur podcast. If you're one of our American listeners, happy Thanksgiving. If you're not, well, happy Friday. (laughs) And thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Will Young here with Lucas Mancini, and we're celebrating this kind of quote unquote holiday because we as Canadians have Thanksgiving in October for whatever reason uh before the actual holiday because the next time you're likely to hear from us it will be the uh Xmas season <laughs>
1: mm, 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 mm. yes very exciting stuff
0: boy oh boy RD um yeah I don't know I'm just I'm not ready for it to be I'm not ready for it to be Christmas yet because it's November, so I'm... Yeah, they were
1: playing Christmas music in the hotel restaurant today, and I was... um... It's, it's it's really come on strong, I feel like. And I mean, I don't know if you've been in a grocery store lately, but you would think it was December 22nd, given uh, the the way grocery stores are currently decorated. Yeah, uh, as a, as a so. matter of
0: fact, I went grocery shopping the other day. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, <laughs> one of our radio stations has switched to all Christmas music all the time. Uh, nice. Please pray for those poor souls who have to work for that company. Um, so yeah, it's just... Not quite ready yet, but by the time you hear me next, uh, I will be, because it'll be December, and it'll be an appropriate time to celebrate the holiday. Before we get into this episode, of course, we always like to go over to the mailbag, elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com, where you can send us correspondence. Our first one, so we go from John, who is one of our oldest patrons, to one of our newer patrons, Amity, who is also very active on our Discord. Amity loved the latest episode had fun listening to it. To Eat or Not To Eat was certainly an interesting episode. It tackled the very real concept of corporations hiding harmful facts about their products from consumers. As for the next pair of episodes, I look forward to Will, Lucas, and Mike, to talk about Prunella acting like she could be in a certain reality show. And for big, shocking secrets to be revealed about Binky, it's shell-shocking. And maybe dive into a Barnes history lesson that may or may not be problematic, but that's getting ahead of myself. Hmm. I can't still believe we're finally getting to the Flash era of episodes. I know I've talked about it already, but it'll certainly be an event for the podcast as a whole after six years. I look forward to what's surely to be many fun reactions and discussions Amity, I sure hope so. I'll leave this one off with a question. After having listened to the beastly birthday commentary and having hearing the discussion of DW being a weeb, which by the way, that commentary is available for free and it's also on our YouTube, it got me thinking of Arthur possibly being a fan of My Hero Academia, which got me thinking, who would Arthur and the gang's favorite MHA characters be and why? So Lucas, Lucas this, this is a Lucas-heavy episode because we're going from football to My Good Hero, roll. to Boko no Academia, which yeah, I have never well, seen, and <laughs> yeah, I've never seen. So no, take m- it much away.
1: Like, much like football, I'm a fake anime fan, Will, because uh, I never, despite it being a show in battle show, that's usually my cup of tea. You know, I've, I, I love the Naruto's, I've been loving Chainsaw Man. I never got into My Hero Academia. I watched Boo. like three episodes. So Boo. I know about Deku, I know about mm-hmm. All Might. All Might? That's, yes. Yeah. yeah? Um, but we're quickly running out of road in terms of my my hero my Boku no Hero Academia knowledge. Um, I so know, yeah, I don't I know, know who would what who would be what Arthur character.
0: I I know. I know it's about heroes going yes. to some kind of academy.
1: Yes. <laughs> so, uh, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I, I'm I, sorry, I, Amity. I don't.
0: I don't mean for us to let you down. But I've j- I've truly never yeah. seen any.
1: At least not yet. Listen, so, if you want me to talk, start talking about which Chainsaw Man character all the Arthur characters wh- would be, well, why? Well, why not? Buster would be Buster would be Denji. Yep. Um, uh, Francine would be Power. Uh, okay. I got to pull up. I forget their names. Uh, it's a very good show, though. Will I know? Uh, I don't know. I know who's... you watch anime every once in a blue moon, but I, I cannot recommend it enough.
0: So actually, uh, I I read the first few volumes of the Chainsaw whoa. Man manga it's um, well
1: you should watch the check out the show then i i because yeah i I everyone loves the manga but um the show's really every like i try to watch anime every season and usually i fall off after the first three episodes but this has been the rare one where i'm like every tuesday i'm like ooh, it's chainsaw man day okay so um uh fern would be aki Uh, um i think that uh what's their boss's name makima uh I think that maybe mm, Muffy would be Makima? I don't know. Uh, Prunella, perhaps? Or not Prunella. Um, who's the... Suellen. What's the name of the... What's, so, the, no, name, S- what's the name of the what? Stern
0: guy? He could be, like, the brain.
1: That that was that was Aki, but, yeah, I guess That's he could Aki be the Mocha. brain as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and then Buster could be uh, Kobani, the girl who's, like, freaking out all the time.
0: Ah, sure. Um, I... <sighs> I... <laughs> I I feel like I and I hope I don't come across this way. Some of our uh, some I, I fear some of our patrons on the Discord. If you kind of follow the Discord, um, I don't want to come across like a hater. Like I don't want to <laughs> s- I don't want to make make it seem yeah. like I just I'm a contrarian or I yeah. like just hate things that are popular. Because recently I was not I was not particularly up on uh, Andor, which everybody likes. And I gotta be honest with you, I read I want to say uh, first three or four volumes of Chainsaw Man. I I kind of got bored with it. I kind of got bored with it. Like, I don't know. I'm sorry. Like, the concept is really cool. I thought the the illustrations were really interesting. But after a while, it just was kind of in one ear and out the other. So, Mm -hmm. like, I know that everybody loves Chainsaw Man right now. And, of course, the anime can be probably way different than the manga. But
1: just, yeah. Listen, Will, you don't have to apologize for a darn thing. Uh, if In fact, if we were going to have a who was a bigger hater between the two of us, <laughs> I actually think I am sneakily the the biggest hater of them all. Like, you could maybe watch Andor with a gun to my head. No offense, oh. everybody. I know you're a fan, <laughs> uh, but it's just not my cup of tea. Uh, I so completely I, agree. <laughs> so, listen, yeah, different strokes for different folks. You don't have to like Chainsaw Man. Um but uh, yeah, I will. You're not a hater. I, I, you're a lover. I'm the hater of the of, of the this duo for sure. I, I,
0: I don't know. I, I feel I feel you are way more love than hate. I feel like I'm the <laughs> I'm the old I'm the old crusted over bitter pill, and you're you Dude. you managed to put a, a positive spin on almost everything.
1: Listen, I'm the one that doesn't like watching movies unless they have subtitles. So we can, no. <laughs> we can. and I don't mean, I, I'm not talking about like, oh, I, I can't watch a movie because they have without subtitles because I get sensory overload. I mean, I don't want to watch no English movies, people. Mm. I don't want to see these Western friggin' movies. If your movie's not from Turkey or Norway, I'm not interested, brother. <laughs>
0: I think the lesson to take from this is that we are we all contain multitudes as well as deep mm, veins mm, of hatery. Mm, mm, so mm. Uh,
1: Wow, the hosts of Ellawood City Limits are a series of contrasts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so th- thanks, thanks, Amity, but also sorry. Um, we did we did get a quick one here uh, from the Lion Dog. Uh, it was a question with me digging through Arthur's home video history. I wanted to know how you two would make an Arthur DVD slash VHS tape. What would the theme of the release be, and what three episodes would you include? So we're not talking full seasons, Lucas. It's like whenever you would get. They did this a lot with cartoons when they had VHS tapes of them because they could only fit so many, yeah. so they had to be themed. So you'd have right. to kind of pick a like pick a broad theme and then you put three episodes in there. Yeah. Um, I think a good one to do would be like you could do a celebrity one, so you could do the uh, one you with- stole mine. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. was thinking the
1: same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, okay. that's a good idea.
0: Yeah. But, so what what were your episodes? I, I have another idea that I'll run with.
1: Well, for the celebrity one, it's like obviously Mr. Rogers, Art Garfunkel, um, President Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Damon, and the Backstreet Boys.
0: Yes, excellent. Very well. Well, it, hey, hey. Um, this is this is. Let's just say yours is a DVD, so we can fit the Backstreet Boys special on there, and you're also mm. doing a service to the community because we could use an official release of that Backstreet Boys special, which is very hard to find. I would go with some of like the food episodes, like the food based episodes. So it would be like the cookie episode, the pizza Paula episode, and uh, I'm trying to think of like one from season one that was based around food. I'm I am i am sure I'm just blanking on it. Um, what's was what, like? I need one
1: more one more food one, and uh, the the weirder the better. I mean there's so many ones where it's like Arthur's dad is making stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. um oh 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 uh the 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 soufflé one. Yeah, exactly. Boom. There you go. There I you got go. another one. I got another one. Go for it. This one's pretty I can't believe I didn't think of this earlier. Best of Binky. Easy. Oh, how do you How do you pick just 3? I know. It's 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 an embarrass- you could do Best of Binky volume 1, Best of Binky volume 2. There's basically 3 good Binky episodes per season.
0: It's like it's like Ring of Honor DVDs. How do you put just the best of Brian Danielson on one DVD? (laughs) You got to go two, maybe three. Uh, Yes. Binky is the Brian Danielson of Arthur. Um, So, yeah, that's our that's our quick ideas. Would love to hear some more. Uh, Thanks for that question. Lion dog. Also, thank you for the email. Carter Lage. Hopefully I got your last name right. I appreciate you sending that to us. And thanks, everybody, for your emails. Elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. And another round of thanks are due to our lovely patrons at patreon.com slash elwoodcitylimits who finally got to learn a bit, to take a trip with me and Lucas and learn about the history of Sesame Street. That was a really fun episode to record and to research. And uh, yeah, we just, we just recorded that one recently for uh, episode 50, part one of For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast. And part two is coming up and we'll explain more, but a bit more about that later. And such patrons that got to listen to that Include some newer ones like Dante B. Alex Koblenz, Nehemiah Unimook, and SpongeBob
1: SquarePants. Oh my god, the man himself. Mr. Ah. Bob. I'm a huge I'm a huge fan.
0: Yes, me too. Uh we also have lovely people like Uriel Underwood and Josh Andalo, Jeffrey Norris, Ricardo A. Soto, Anthony Williams, Alex K. I have a mind to put this into a Word doc soon so I don't have to keep doing all the awkward clicking over. We have Emmy the Ghost, Bob Yee, Sidney Long, Michelle Spruzinski. We have Kevin Noon and Jake Bailey. And then over on the third page, we have Ian Collis, Light Relentless, and John Griswold. So thank you, everybody, one and all. And if it's been a while since you've heard your name on the show, just let me know, and I'd be happy to give you a shout-out. Patreon.com slash Limits. Lucas, today we are continuing our trek through season 15, and we're starting with Prunella the Pack Rat, which there would have been a time when you and I would be dreading a Prunella episode, but I don't necessarily, I don't think we're there anymore. I think we kind of turned the corner.
1: Yeah, I was like, oh, we get to check in with our good friend Prunella, who we haven't heard from. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's true. She's really, they've made inroads. Even her older sister, Rubella, I feel like we see them so rarely these days that it's a treat to check back in with them.
0: Well, we're going to uh, have to face a truth about Rubella very soon. We'll get to that. Shh, shh, shh. Have you ever thought about how much stuff you have is the question being posed? I feel mm. that this has been something that we are just going to a lot is in the cold open. It's Arthur posing a question. So we get a bit of Arthur, even if he's not the subject of an episode. There's a lot of like Arthur just th- throw throwing a suggestion out there and uh, you decide how you want to react to it. As he So, first of all, have you ever thought about how much stuff you have? Constantly. I'm forever aware of how much stuff I have in this increasingly small apartment. Um, and Arthur briefly explores a, a potted history of stuff going through places like Egypt and Greece in this imagination kind of sequence. We also get a cameo from the Poogle. Not the Woogle, but the Poogle.
1: Oh, my goodness. I missed that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, so it's the knockoff Woogle that kind of just looked like a hollow potato and just made like a wheezing sound when you tried to squeeze it.
1: I remember, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so he, you know, goes through Egypt to the tombs of the pharaohs and Greece, and it's so this one's going to be all about kind of stuff and clutter and all that sort of thing. And it is focused around Prunella because Arthur and Prunella are selected to do an Earth Day display um so they are all put into different groups uh Muffy's display that she di- that she kind of puts up it's called Rainforest Elementary and while her heart is in the right place I'm sure this would come in wildly over budget for a uh,
1: a children's um display um Muffy's got a good line here where she's like just because it's ecological doesn't mean it can't be fun and she's right. She's she's very
0: right. I think that's something that a lot of ecology action places have been trying to prove for many, many years. Uh, I should also mention, this is a display that's going in front of the whole school. It's not just for Ratburn's class. So Arthur and Prunella are working together even though Prunella is in the fourth grade. So when they are going to Prunella's house to find some stuff to put together for like a diorama, Arthur finds out the depths of Prunella's pack rat tendencies. And now, now I understand. So Amity, I didn't quite get your reference at first, but yes, this is uh, this is hoarders. This has got hoarders written all over it because Prunella's got boxes of pencil shavings. She's got boxes of packing peanuts. She keeps shoelaces. She keeps old ticket stubs. It's a problem in this over over well, stuffed closet.
1: Well, I gotta say something though. Oh, because and not to get too ahead of final thoughts, but <laughs> th- th- I mean. I suppose it's kind of a problem mm-hmm. but the way that Arthur is reacting and it kind of everybody else in Prunella's life is reacting with this deep concern that she is I'll use you know the name of the show we've been talking around a hoarder mm. per se it's all in her closet still like her room is spotless, you know what I mean and That's it's true. like Arthur is like. He reacts really crazy to Prunella, uh, like, shifting around her closet. Like, he's, like, backing away like she's a serial killer, being like, uh, I gotta go home. Uh, like, he's kind of freaking out. And it's like, dude, your best friend has a case in the middle of his room that he stores moldy food in. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I I think that, like, Buster's behavior... And, I, I mean, to Arthur's credit, he does mention that Buster is still kind of a pack rat himself, despite yes. him reading the book that we'll get into on later on. But, like... I feel like that's just as crazy, if not more crazy. Like, as long as... Like, it is really weird to keep all your pencil shavings, sure. But Prudella isn't a hoarder. She's keeping all this stuff in storage. Like, that's where it goes. Like, if you're gonna want to keep all your ticket stubs, as long as she can still move around her house and her personal space is relatively clean, like, if you have the storage to store all this crap, like, store it there, I guess. I don't know. To me... This whole episode, the conceit of this whole episode is that Prunella is a pack rat to a degree where the other people in her life need to intervene. Very much reminiscent of a hoarder's. But the thing with hoarder's is, like, those people can't even move around their house, and their house is, like, unsafe because the garbage is everywhere. It just doesn't work for me that all this stuff is in her storage closet. Like, this is what my storage closet looks like. Sure, I'm not saving garbage the way she is, but it's not that crazy, well
0: and of course this a lot of the subtext of hoarders is like these people have issues besides mm. physical yeah. space limitations.
1: Yes. Deep seated mental illness. Yes. Uh, of
0: course. You, so you, yeah you, I think you're you're more right than wrong. It's there really is like this weird like ugh, you collect stuff and especially like Prunella's is nine you know, like, <laughs> yeah. me, like, like, I used to collect all kinds of like dumb crap, and it wasn't until I got older and I had to move that I was like, oh, I guess I don't really need this stuff. Like, l- have you ever, or do you still like collect anything specific?
1: Uh I mean, I like uh, the uh, she collects like ticket stubs, right? I have like a cork board that I like to put like little pieces of paper, things like that, mementos like that on my cork Right, board. I've seen that cork um, board. Yeah, but it's like not only is Prudella 9, she's got a massive walk-in closet. Like, it's huge. That's true. This thing is (laughs) deep. You could literally rent that out as a, like, $900 (laughs) uh, apartment in in Halifax. You know what I mean? Like, um, so I just, like, if it if, and sure, they make a big deal, like, there is very much a you know, zabumafu moment where the stuff, like, collapses on Prunella. And we get this reaction from Arthur, where it's like, oh my goodness, with all this stuff, there's not enough room for Prunella in there. You know, he's having that typical concerned person when they go into the hoarder's house reaction. And to me, it's not that crazy. Like, it's all in storage. Like, the storage clo- yeah, the, nobody was concerned about the crap Brothers. Y- <laughs> Yeah, you know,
0: I mean, not until we were old enough to realize it, but back then it was like, oh, it's cool. They have so much stuff. And now it's (laughs) like... Now it's only when we're older and outside of all you know, admittedly, the Arthur Age demographic that I'm like, oh, that's mm. that's irresponsible, nine-year-old. Just like, she doesn't need yeah. my she doesn't need my advice on that. You you mentioned you mentioned Buster, and he his thing here is that he collect of course, as we've known before, he collects all this gross food and lets it spoil and all this weird garbo. But he also found this yam that is shaped like a little man, to which he calls it Yamlet. And so I didn't know that this was going to... I didn't know this is a Hamlet joke,
1: so I thought he was
0: w- inventing the term manlet.
1: Oh. Yeah, because we get a little bit of to be or not to be action mm-hmm, later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if Yamlet will appear again, if this is the first and only Yamlet sighting or if he's going to become a recurring thing, much like, you know, every once in a while we check in with Toadie. Yes, you're
0: right. I, th- I could see Yamlet being a, like, background yeah. uh, cameo sort of thing. Um, so, and, and so Arthur is relating this to Buster and Buster brings up that his mom gave him a book called Neat Nick Ned's Guide to Clearing Clutter. Now I tried to look this up a bit. I couldn't really, so early 2010s, I couldn't think of, or nothing was coming to me about like a... Uh, a big social movement about decluttering it may have been like when when d because decluttering itself is something of a movement but it's taken on a lot of different names and it's still popular but not in like a brand way it's like it's a little bit too late for feng shui and it's a little bit before marie kondo
1: i was just going to say uh neat nick ned walked so marie kondo could run right? Yes. Um, it's kind of funny that Arthur, in a way, has predicted the because there was all s- sorts of discourse about the Marie Kondo phenomenon. People were really upset that she told them to throw their books out or whatever because mm-hmm. uh, they didn't start. Uh, there was all kinds of takes. Um, and it's just interesting that, yeah, uh, Arthur, in a way, kind of predicted the Marie Kondo movement.
0: Yes. Uh, and th- because in s- I-, I suppose... Marie Kondo has her own, like, philosophy. This is very much more just presenting decluttering for kids. So Arthur gives Prunella this book, and she is a little bit, like, at first she's, um, n- you know, not into the idea. But he and Rubella try to convince her to declutter. Lucas, in looking this up, and again, going to the Arthur Wiki, which is approved by this podcast, this is Rubella's final appearance in the show. What? We will never. Apparently, we will uh, never see her again.
1: Wow, you did a good job of saving that. I feel forlorn. I'm upset. So, That's, so what I wa- the hell?
0: I wanted to. I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on this because I believe at one point you and I both considered her to be like one of the show's worst characters or one of the least liked between us.
1: Well, so this is the thing, Will. It's like to bring it back to something me and you know lots about. It's like wrestling. Just because someone is annoying, sometimes you love to hate. You know what I mean? And also you don't know what you got till it's gone. And now that I know, like, obviously, like, Rubella was really annoying and insufferable, uh, especially in those early episodes. And I don't take any of those thoughts back. But now that I know that we're never going to see her again... I mean, Rubella was a totally unique character on the show. Like, who else was, like, this new-agey, always kind of talking about spirituality, this this kind of theatrical character? She was also one of the only other teenagers in the show besides Francine's sister. Um, I feel like Rubella had more stories to tell. I thought—and that and did, are we going to get more Prudella episodes? Like, we're going to have Prudella and no more Rubella? I don't know. I'm upset about this. I feel Aww. like they did her dirty.
0: I'm very, I'm so. I'm sorry. It's you know. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't say I'm upset, but that does make me think. I really would love ah uh, if we were like sometimes we get questions about like Arthur spinoffs or something. Give me a spinoff with Catherine Rubella yes. and like age up Molly and put them in all high school. Up. Yeah, yeah. Do an yeah.
1: all grown up style kind of thing. I agree.
0: Yeah, and either have them be in high school together or have it so like. Molly's in her early twenties and Rubella and Catherine are in their like late twenties and have it be like an HBO sh- show or something like a comedy. Like that would be, that would be cool. I would like to see mm-hmm. that. Um, so yeah, decluttering. I enjoy like, d- I really do enjoy getting rid of the stuff I don't need. It's just, it feels good. If there's like a primal need for me to clean and get rid of trash and garbage, but I certainly, as I said before, I had some pack rat tendencies when I was younger. I held on to – I used to hold on to, like, movie stubs and tickets and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, again, in the process of moving, I was like, I don't want to spend energy moving this. So I just found it easier to get rid of things. I actually recently decluttered this weekend. One of my favorite ways to declutter is giving stuff to Value Village. Shout out mm. to Value Village. Love love going shopping there at uh, at our local – I guess that this would be um, – the value village equivalent be in, uh, in America would it be goodwill. Oh, goodwill. Yes. Yeah, goodwill. yeah. So that's our version of goodwill. Uh, and I got, I got a, some really nice t-shirts when I went there Ooh! and used a coupon lovely. that used a coupon that we, that I got for, uh, for, and I got just a couple generic, movies too. What's
1: that? Just generic
0: or any graphic tees. I did get a graphic tee. It is, Ooh. I'm going to take a picture of it because I'm wearing it on Saturday. It's the ugliest wrestling shirt that I've ever owned.
1: It's Oh. Dude, so, the so... uglier the wrestling shirt the better, dude. Like that's why the the ultimate wrestling shirt is the one where Stone Cold has two snakes for arms. Like <laughs> that's what you want.
0: Oh, my friend loves that shirt. This is this is th- like the color is terrible. The it has a cartoon on it that's just awful and it's also For a wrestler that like I I don't dislike this wrestler, but it's also like, of course, you would have like a really bad shirt that I'd never seen before. It's I don't know if it's the worst I've ever seen. I think there is worse. It's definitely the worst I've owned. Like I have good discerning taste. Uh, So, you know, it's not it's it's no uh, Lucha House Party new generation Mm. logo Mm. T-shirt is all say. Uh, And yes, uh, we do get a quote here as Prunella visits Buster to give him back the book, as she is going through her decluttering process, uh, he, he does the two beats or not two beats as Yamlet. Um, so the whole thing here, I'll be honest with you, don't have a lot of notes for this one. It really is that Prunella discovers the joy of giving to Goodwill, but then in giving, she's, there's also like some free stuff that they've cleaned up, and so she takes that free stuff and reclutters her closet. And there's a message in here about how, you know, cluttering is cluttering up the world. Like, earlier on, Arthur in the cold open makes a point that there's, like, a bunch of stuff that's in the Pacific Ocean. And it's just garbage that people didn't want. And it's, like, choking up the water there. Um, so, essentially, Prunella, for for Prunella, this is like an addiction. This is, this is a, a relapse when she picks things up at the recycling center. And she has this kind of daydream where her stuff becomes so tightly packed in the closet that it bursts her forth from the roof and kills
1: her? Question mark Yeah, I don't know. this is like the ultimate Zabumuthu moment,
0: <laughs> to say the least. And I mean, basically, the the episode ends with Prunella again realizing the I'll I'll put I'll put it in quotes here because maybe it's not like the error of her ways. Uh and she's so her. And Arthur's project ends up being a table of free stuff that she's getting rid of that is meant to be shared with others. So pick something up and then share it with somebody else and move on. And some of the other pieces are put into this really ugly Earth Day art piece. Uh, It's just this weird
1: uh,
0: diorama model bust thing. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like, let me see this. I'm trying to scrub through to take a look at it again. Uh, oh yeah, this is no good. <laughs> it just looks like an amalgamation of crap. Although I do like the polar bear sitting on top. Yeah. Um,
0: and that's, that, that's, that's it. Like, mm, I don't have much more. Yeah. Like, did, did we miss anything that you wanted to talk about?
1: I mean, I'll, I'll save it for final thoughts. I have some more takes about this episode, but yeah, I mean, if the, the, the I, Nothing else to say besides that there wasn't—I, too, had very few notes for this episode. At one point, Prunella uh, hands Arthur Gnome Magazine. I I put down uh, Gnome Magazine, and, too. <laughs> yeah, I would love to—I t- mean, it speaks to how little there is to talk about in this episode that we both put down Gnome Magazine, but I would love to see what's in the pages of Gnome Magazine. You know, what are the periodicals? Is it just, like, do they review garden gnomes, like—
0: I also, want, I also want to know, there has to be a Garden Gnome order form in the back. Like, that's got to be how yes. they make their money. Um, I want to know if it's weekly or monthly. Or bi-monthly. Oh, yeah, or,
1: or quarterly. Quarterly,
0: yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's Prunella the Pack Rat. Let's move on after this commercial to the second part. Hey, it's Jason Schwimmer, and I'm from the Finding DW Podcast. You can support this podcast by following on Facebook, there at Elwood City Limits, Twitter at ECL Podcast, Tumblr, Elwood City Limits, IG, as the kids say, Elwood City Limits. If you want to send them an email, drop them a line at elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. This podcast, the one you're listening to now, is available on iTunes. On Spotify, YouTube.com slash Elwood City Limits. And on your favorite podcast platforms. And if you want that extra sweet, sweet content, check out the Patreon at Patreon.com forward slash Elwood City Limits. How'd I do? What's in a name? We already had it nicked by a name, so this kind of briefly confused me when I was looking at it. But no, this is a completely different one. It's called What's in a Name? And the cold open is Arthur detailing DW's process for naming a stuffed animal. So she has a new stuffed penguin, and she enlists Arthur to help her name it. So it's an entire process. Here's here's the process. So first DW has to be blindfolded and spun around. Then the first thing she sees will be the first letter of the doll's name. So she sees X, mm. and it's xylophone. But, then, this is funny. Yeah. I,
1: I, the fact that there's a xylophone right in sight of her uh, I thought was a good gag.
0: And then she, they make the naming potion, which is kind of just a milkshake, um, which she drinks specifically from a curly straw while kicking her legs under the table. Then she takes a nap with the doll placed under her pillow, so in her dream, the doll can tell her its name. And we even go into her dream. Arthur invades her dream, and the penguin whispers that its name is Zeno. So... Xeno with an X, X-E-N-O is what I'm guessing. So, yeah, a very involved process, all to lead to the point of uh, something to the effect of, like, some people really put a lot of importance in names. Like, yeah, th- 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 thanks, Arthur. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have, wouldn't have thought about that
1: one. <laughs> well, this, I-, I actually liked this because yeah, you know, yeah. in the first episode we watched this week, it's very much like... It- laying out exactly what the episode is about have you ever thought about how much uh, have you ever put thought to how much stuff you have and do you really need it um this is like i like it when the cold open is tangentially related to the episode but it's kind of like a little mini story unto itself right like it was fun seeing dw's ritual um, uh, the magic potion which looks nasty by the way it looks like milk with just like cinnamon dumped on it uh out of a crazy straw i hope they wash that crazy straw afterwards because you know those things like are hard to clean yeah. um but, uh, like, I liked seeing this little slice of life with the DW and this kind of uh, this this weird ritual. Um, I, I don't know. It worked for me. And and it was interesting kind of how little this had to do with the rest of the episode.
0: Yeah, no, I, I liked it. Uh, I liked it, too. It, it's, it was really um, it, and it is it's funny to think about how. In all, in our own ways, I think each of us had our own little like involved ritual that wasn't quite this, but it's very familiar in a way. So the actual episode starts with Mr. Ratburn, who is awarding a Thinky Award. I had to co- kind of go back a couple of times and like, did I get that right? And again, thanks to the Arthur Wiki, I, it is a Thinky, and it's a, an award that he usually gives out once a year, but he's giving out two this year. And Although George at first thinks it's for him, who won the first award, which is kind of a funny callback to George always winning stuff, but it actually goes to Binky because he managed to improve his grades and pay more attention in class. So Binky is giving a little acceptance speech and thanking Arthur and Brain for helping him, and Muffy is talking on the phone to her brother Chip and gets busted for talking on her cell phone. And Mr. Ratburn takes it from her, and now she can't go to recess outside for a week, including today.
1: Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, we get this such a sweet line from Big Key where he goes I've won an academic award. This has never happened to me. <laughs> and it's just like think about what Biggie has faced compared to the other kids. He's repeating the 3rd grade. So, yeah. you know, yeah. we've t- we've talked about um, some of the kids having uh, learning disabilities whether it's Buster or whether it's George, mm-hmm. but Biggie has really struggled. He totally failed the 3rd grade. So That's true. He's he's struggled with his academics and so this is a huge moment of achievement for him. Um, and Luke. then, yes, we, we get pure heel Muffy in a way we have not seen her <laughs> in seasons, basically. This is this is Muffy at her—like, she's the straight-up antagonist of this episode for multiple reasons.
0: Uh, Lucas, I think we can both agree that the real hero academia today— is Binky.
1: <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, Binky is the All I guess? Uh, yeah, okay,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know enough to refute that, so let's assume you're right. Um, so Muffy has to stay inside while everybody's out <laughs> on what Mr. Haney declares as the most beautiful Friday I've seen in years.
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah, so a couple of things. I I just put two and two together that Mr. Haney is probably from, like, Michigan or something. Like, Mm. he's from, uh, or, like, Minnesota. Yeah, he's, like, from, he's got this, like, very much American Midwest, like, he, heavy accent.
0: He, he, he's got like the mean Gene Okerlund uh, accent because he'll mm. say like if you if you wanted him to talk to Lex Luger, then he'd call him the total package or and, um, yeah, or, or, or he'd say garbage, all this garbage in the ring. So Friday, but
1: some great Mr. Haney comedy here of him being like. This is the yeah most beautiful Friday I've seen in years. The birds are chirping. He doesn't understand why Muffy's inside, so he's like, why are you inside on a day like this? Even the and birds are smiling. Ins- adding insult to injury.
0: And so Mr. Haney is bringing around, I believe it's like a performance list for a play coming up, and he just wants to make sure everybody's name is spelled right. So Muffy takes a look. Her name is on there, and so is another name, which Muffy taunts Binky with later as she leaves, as she says that Binky's real first name is Shelly. Yes. Shelly Barnes. And Binky's confused by this. He's like, no, my name is Binky. Like, I don't know. Like, it's not that he's hiding it, which I kind of thought would be the case, but he's like, No, I don't know what you're talking about. It's only later that like so and so Muffy for getting her in trouble, she threatens to tell everybody Binky's real name on Monday when Binky is going to make his makeup speech. That was interrupted by Muffy speaking on the phone. Um, so Binky goes home, and he does confirm this. And this is where we get his name origin. Binky's real name is Shelly. But from a very early age, he came, he got the nickname Binky from how much he loved his pacifier when he was a baby. Because sometimes mm. he called a pacifier a Binky. And it just stuck. So, and Binky's upset by this. He he's just like, but my name isn't Shelly. It's Binky. Like, I th- I think like Binky. I talk like Binky. Like, that's just who I am. And it's a little bit of a uh, mini existential crisis for him.
1: This is huge, Will. This and I, is. It's been. I mean, not only is this this has been a milestone episode of Elwood City Limits. only are already saying goodbye to Rubella forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a minute since one of the core kids have had such an integral piece of lore revealed. Right, like this is like when you figured out that Kramer's real name was Cosmo. Right. Um, up to we we've had seasons after seasons of Elwood City Limits, and we've always talked about, you know, Binky is the character with the most growth, the most depth, that's what makes him the most uh, compelling character on the show, and there's still layers to pull back. Now we know why he's called Binky, now we know what his original name was, and and why he gets his original name. This was, uh, dare I say, shocking, Uh, and it was um, just quite the moment, and I'm glad we, I'm glad this late into Arthur, we still get to have moments like this.
0: Yeah, me too. That's a really good point. And like the last time that Binky had like a major character change is when he got a new sibling. And this is just like, this is kind of on that level of like, we're just discovering. It's like, it's like when you discover that a friend of yours, like, like the name you thought was their first name is actually their middle name that they just prefer to go by. Just like, wait a minute, your name is, your name is this? Oh my God, I'm never going to get used to that. Like I recently, not recently, but like not long after I met one of my friends a couple of years ago, I found out that his, you know, I call him Mike, but his actual first name is William. So just like we both had the same yeah. name, and you never told crazy. me. Well, my my friend um, yeah. uh,
1: Liam, uh, who I don't know if you've met, it's the one I went to AEW with. He's my barber as well as my close. Friend. He actually used to actually, be my neighbor. He he actually um, he
0: actually sold me uh, the <laughs> the WWE Raw Deal trading card game. So nice. uh,
1: yeah. Um. Uh, so Liam' real name is Vincent, Ooh. and I was like, Liam, why the hell don't you go as Vincent? Like that's awesome. You Vincent be is Vince. a cool name.
0: Vincent is a cool name. Um so yeah, Binky's just trying to figure this out and he even says, like, think of the things that Shelley rhymes with belly, smelly, machiavelli, and he's just he doesn't like the way it sounds. He doesn't like anything about it. I wanted to know, when did you settle into the way that you prefer your first name? Because it could be, like, it could be that people could be calling you Luke. Like, I have yes, a, I have another right. friend named Luke, but you're my friend who is named Lucas. So, when did you settle into Lucas?
1: So, I've never really been a Luke. Uh, I feel like people who spell Lucas with a C, uh, if you're going to do Luke, you tend to be, like, French. Yeah, L-U-C. Like, Luke mm-hmm. um, like Luc Besson. People who are Luke's, who are, like, Anglo, they tend to be Lucas with a K people. So I've really never been a Luke guy before. Mm. I don't like being called Luke. It's not something I, I enjoy. Uh, what about you, Will? When did you decide Will as opposed to William? So I was always called William when I was a young kid, and then
0: I think it was in, like, later elementary, a couple of my friends started calling me Will, and I just started to prefer it. It's 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 a kind of thing where my family will call me William, and my friends will call me Will. Now, there's there's blending over of that from time to time, but I much prefer people outside my family call me Will. I also, I, I think I actually was talking about this on the Discord recently. I never I never liked or seeded into Bill. Like, there's been, like, I can count on one hand the amount of people who have called me Bill, and it's just like, that, I'm not a Bill. That's not me. I'm not a Bill. I'm not a Billy. Um, like, I'll, I might take Billium, because it's kind of funny, but like, I have to, like, we have to be kind of close for that. So the whole B side of Will, no. I'm. It's, it's like, it's got to be Will. I'll accept William. And that was from around Arthur's age, I'd probably say. So, yeah, Binky is still trying to make sense of this. He, he talks with Muffy over Instant Messenger. Mm. Uh, we're probably past ICQ at this point. Maybe AIM. I wonder if AIM MSN. is still around. Yeah, MSN for sure. And Muffy will only be dissuaded by revenge or a pony. Make your choice.
1: Okay. How many times has Binky been blackmailed thus far? Like, (laughs) I feel like I was thinking about this. I think Binky has been blackmailed more so than any other character on Arthur. What other times? I'm blanking. Um, So there was the time where... um, Didn't Arthur figure out something about him? Oh, uh, Binky Binky has a nightlight. Yes. Well, no, no, no. Okay, so that was the first time was when Binky had a nightlight. But there was a time later on where... Arthur or some, oh no, no 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 you know what this was, Binky was trying to figure out something about Buster and B- Arthur was at uh Buster's house and he, he let the cat out of the bag. But the nightlight thing and then also the time, like I feel like Binky with his ballet and Binky trying to read, oh, like yes. Binky's always got these secrets and people are always I just feel like we've seen Binky in compromised positions over and over and over again where people are holding some sort of information over his head. Um, like I, I, I feel like this isn't the first time Binky's trying to cut a deal so that (laughs) someone doesn't reveal a secret about him
0: well he has a rich inner life as we've mentioned before there's a lot of Mm. secrets to reveal so he's Mm. got stuff to protect um binky has a nightmare that night again very similar to the binky has a nightlight thing where he's afraid everyone will laugh at him in fact it's just it is like literally somebody it is muffy bringing it up in class and everybody laughing at him in different ways i liked in the dream brain is like on his calculator and he says statistically speaking the chances of anything being funnier than this are zero (laughs) <laughs> and, like, George and Wally are laughing at him, and even Mr. Ratburn is, like, on the floor, like, literally LMAO, uh, or I guess that would be raffling, um, where he's, and and we get Arthur Holden, like, every once in a while he gets to go, like, a little buck wild as Mr. Ratburn, and this is, like, in the highest register of the Mr. Ratburn voice, and he's just, like, it's just, like, it's so funny, I can't take it anymore, and I thought Nigel was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is really upsetting. Binky, he can't really sleep. So his mom comes into his room, offers him a sandwich, and then tells him about his namesake. He is named after his great-grandfather, Shelly Barnes. And we get this in this whole it, narrated by his mom flashback sequence of who Shelly Barnes was Barnes was. So Shelley Barnes was part of a failing circus, essentially, when he was Binky's age. He was nine years old. And so there were all these parts of the circus that didn't work. They were called the Traveling Malenki Brothers. So there was Ferdinand the Flying Fox, who couldn't really fly. There was Heinrich the Clown, who had his heart broken by the bearded lady, so he cried all the time. And Lionel the Lion Tamer, who didn't actually tame a lion. It was just a very large cat. Uh, A little bit Garfield. It's kind of orange and and tubby. And one night, you know, the circus is failing. Shelly goes on a walk and he kind of lifts up this giant boulder. And then so they decide to use that in the circus. And he becomes known as the world's strongest kid, Brawny Barnes. The world's strongest boy, excuse me. Um, And the success that the world's strongest boy brings in helps him to upgrade the circus in all of these little ways. And he eventually took over the circus and uh, toured it throughout throughout the country and, you know, was a very successful um, circus promoter into into his later life. So this is a whole, like, big chunk of this episode.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, not much to say. Just we get this big flashback of Shelley Barnes and his rise to the top of, uh, um, you know... Circuitry, circus tree, circus, circus, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's kind of a relation. You know, the famous, most famous, um, uh, what's it called when you're the head guy of a circus? What is it, uh, a ring, ringmaster, yeah. When you're the ring, the most famous ringmaster was P.T. Barnum.
0: Yeah. We're about
1: Shelley Barnes? I'm surprised they
0: didn't go for that joke in calling him PT Barnes. Well,
1: I what they call it before? What is it called again the the um the brothers name, the original name of the circus? The it's, traveling uh, the
0: traveling Malenki brothers?
1: Yeah, so that is a parody of a famous circus. There is a famous circus that sounds like yes. something like that. Yeah, I think Malenke you're right. Yeah. I can't remember, but um yeah. Okay. But yeah, we get this first back and it, it basically changes now that he knows the historical context, it changes Binky's mind about the name. Mm-hmm. In
0: the flashback, Shelley Barnes essentially looks like and is voiced by Binky. The big difference is that, of course, he's wearing these like 1920s street urchin clothes, and he yes. has he has like four or five strands of hair. It kind of looks like he has like a scene comb over, <laughs> a little bit. I, I,
1: I yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I see what you're saying. It's the hat with the hair. It looks like he, he looks like the guy from Fallout Boy. Yeah. Um yeah. specifically that hat. But once he gets into the like the strongman uniform, it looks a little bit more Homer Simpson-esque.
0: Is he more than you bargain for yet? So Binky on Monday dedicates his Thinky Award to his great grandfather Shelly, and in the end, Muffy decides not to tell on him. I don't even know if there's a real reason, but Binky admits that his name is Shelly, and that kind of surprises everybody. But (laughs) we get
1: this great like ADR, like this audio. You don't see who's saying this stuff, but someone goes, um, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um and yeah, but Binky admits
0: it. And I want to say the final moment of this episode I actually thought was really touching. It was like, yeah. uh, Like, I'll be honest, it was like it was a little bit. You know, I didn't have strong feelings about this episode. And then it got to like the final line that Binky says and it actually kinda like hit me. And I was like, Oh, mm. that's actually really nice. So Binky sits down and Mr. Ratburn asks him if he would prefer to be called Shelly or Binky. Like, what would he prefer to be called? And Binky says, Binky for now, but someday I might be a Shelly. If I'm lucky. Mm. And his mm. and he looks at I and he agree. looks he looks at the picture of his great grandfather and is like, that's really touching out of nowhere just like god pinky episodes like they give so much they they hold up so much of this show and uh yeah it was a really great note to end on okay i feel like we both have probably the same thing to say when it comes to final episode final thoughts here at least about prunella the pack rat so lucas go ahead what did you think
1: Not a fan of Prunella the Packer. I I thought that, I mean, mean, the episode's biggest problem is that it's kind of, its moral is unclear. Like, it's trying to do this, like, Earth Day sustainability thing about, you know, if you give your stuff away, it can be reused. But that's kind of incongruous with this, like, hoarders thing they're trying to get away with with Mm -hmm. Prunella and everyone freaking out that her, like uh habits of, of ho- basically hoarding stuff is, like, so unhealthy and in- indicative of that, like, it's just this, like, super unhealthy thing for her to do, and it's, like, freaking Arthur out. But it just doesn't ring true. Like, it feels like everybody else is kind of pearl-clutching a little bit and overreacting. Mm-hmm. I don't think Prunella's habits are that bad. I think it's unearned the way they make her kind of like freak out and like be like, Oh no, I actually got more stuff. And like, I don't know. They try to make her come off as like, it's this really crazy thing that she has this storage closet full of stuff. And I just don't think the episode earns it at all. And then the conclusion it leaves on trying to like wrap it up in this earth day thing. It just doesn't come together. And then worse than all that, that's one thing, you know, it doesn't have other episodes. They don't have to have a clear uh, moral, but what they certainly need to not be is boring. And besides that, I was like, the episode isn't, particularly funny uh it's a little bit uninteresting and it's certainly not a fitting end for the rubella character you know i wanted to see her uh project herself into the astral plane or something for her (laughs) final moments you know that would be really sending that character off in style but knowing that this is the last time we ever get to see her i don't know the episode just kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth fair enough i
0: don't there's not enough here to dislike and, and I don't mean that as a compliment. It's just, it felt really bare. Like there's, yeah. I, I think the the idea of it is kind of interesting and there's a couple of like elements of the story that I liked, like the uh like the book itself. And like, I, I, did, I did like the idea of decluttering, but it's like, I don't know. They kind of, it didn't really super tie into the Earth Day theme as much as I thought it was going to. And then it also kind of just sputters out. It just really didn't feel like, all that great of an idea, in t- in terms of, or at least it wasn't fleshed out into like a great story. It was just kind of. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm shrugging and screwing up my eyes. You can't see it, but I'm just like, I don't know. Like, it's just not all that good. Like, very forgettable. Um, not a, yeah, and I, again, not even a lot to say. That's pretty much like that's what it comes down to.
1: I literally have five notes, and one of the <laughs> notes is Gnome Magazine. Gnome
0: magazine. <laughs> um so of course next to that what's in a name looks way better and I do like this episode of course a binky episode now it's not always a given that a binky episode is like fantastic but it is usually there's a bit more thought put into it and I like this idea and they were still there's still as you said there's still enough to mine in the binky character to actually kind of make you care and I felt that the middle part, like the circus part was a bit long. I felt like it mm. took up a bit too much real estate and then by the time we got to the ending, it felt a little fast. Like there wasn't really like the conflict with Muffy didn't end up really being anything. It it did lead to a nice moment with Binky kind of accepting his name and who he is and was like that's cool, but it was like it was a good it was a good start the end, the middle was okay and the ending was okay. But in between, you know, there were funny parts. There were, you know, great, you know, just great Binky stuff. And I do like this part of his character. And, um, and I will say also, like, I prefer him to be Binky. The name Shelly is actually pretty cool. I like that as a name. It, it seems like it fits him in a different way, but that's okay. He's not going to be going by Shelly. He prefers Binky. What about you, Lucas? What'd you think?
1: Uh, I really liked this episode. I agree, though, with all of your criticisms, especially I do think that the circus segment is a little bit long, but it is necessary, totally, for this turn in kind of Bicky's mentality. Um, a Binky episode always delivers. This is yet another one, and it's just so exciting to know that there could be these big kind of rel- relevatory moments with these characters that we've spent over 15 seasons with at this point, um... And you're right that the, the final moment is, I, I totally agree with how you put it was touching. I think it's totally touching. And I am always have an affinity of, of people getting in touch with their family roots and, mm. you know, respect for your ancestors and learning about where you come from and the, the accomplishments of your ancestors and the fact that, you know, Binky is now seeing his great-grandfather Shelley as a role model. Um, and I thought that that was incredibly touching and heartwarming. Um, and like you said, that line is really pulling a lot of weight about him saying, about i don't want to be shelly right now because i'm binky but i maybe will be binky some or maybe will be shelly someday and i think that's that's just such a nice moment to leave the episode on also i liked the intro i like the opening of this episode it's kind of a little side story unto itself that i thought was cute
0: Mm -hmm. well there you go and wherever you are hope you're getting in touch with your family heritage if that's you know if you're uh, on good terms with your family if not i hope you're having a good friendsgiving or whatever your holiday is like american listeners hope it's a good one uh want to remind you put this on the um the inst- the social medias yesterday but if you're watching an arthur thanksgiving this long weekend don't forget that we also have a commentary on that that is available for free on both the podcast feed and on youtube.com slash elwood city limits that would ju- that i just uploaded a couple days ago so check that out for your viewing pleasure. We, of course, are going to be having part two of episode 50 of For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast coming up next week for our patrons. Excuse me. We have been compiling a YouTube playlist of uh, listener-suggested and the best, in our opinion, Sesame Street segments, and we're going to be watching a bunch of them, commenting on, on them in kind of themed packs, And, yeah, just kind of going through Sesame Street through the years in this Part 2 follow-up to our Sesame Street episode. I'm looking forward to it. There's going to be some fun stuff in there already. I'm really excited to see what it all is going to be like and how we feel about it. Then on the next episode of Elwood City Limits, I think, knock on wood, if we're lucky, we will get in one more before the end of the year. So that's going to be Muffy's Classy Classics Club and Best Enemies. And I should also mention, you may have missed this last week, but when we uploaded our Sesame Street episode to Patreon, over here on the free feed, we uploaded a piece of Patreon content for free. If you haven't listened to it yet... It's an interview I did with a producer who worked for for GBH and specifically for Arthur. Her name is Deb Frank, and she was a big voice for Arthur, uh, especially in its final months when it was getting ready to wind down. Deb had a lot of cool things to say, and she has some great PBS projects coming up. Check that out. That is now available for free. Again, YouTube.com slash Elwood City Limits or wherever you download the podcast. Check it out. I will also say we've got some fun surprises coming for the free feed coming into the christmas season and uh so that's going to be all going on either on the free feed or patreon.com slash elwood city limits so i mean that's it that's it for us thank you so much for joining us and whether you're having a thanksgiving or you're just having a plain old weekend hope it's a good one and we will be seeing you in December. So, uh, I'm Will Young, that's Elwood City Limits, and for Lucas Mancini,
1: Nama Lama Lama Hawk Nick Moo.
0: Oh yes, I'm glad you remember that. We'll see you next time.